welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And this week we're going over the week four recap as well as week five predictions. And we did a lot better last week in our pigskin pick'em. Uh, both going 10 and 6 for the week, which puts our record totals to what was it? Uh, mine is 30 and 33, and Rob's is 31 and 32. Okay, so we're getting there. We're getting to 500. They're it's, crawling back to 500 slowly after a very poor start yeah, to the season there. It's, it's, it's going to be a slow climb to 500. I mean, despite me having my best week by quite a lot, watching my game, the games this week, I felt like I was still doing bad. Yeah, like, I know. For whatever reason, like the games I picked, like I bet on a lot of the games that I got wrong there. And like, I, I feel like I was doing good early in the day. Like the I had the Bengals, I had the the Vikings, and it looked like the Bills were gonna get destroyed. Uh, so I, I would have got that right, and it looked like the Steelers were gonna pull it out. And then just as kind of the second half rolled around, I just it kind of pooped out on me. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. Tennessee. What's, Cleveland's just weird. And Seattle. Yeah. So they they were the ones that really screwed me. Oh, that Seattle Lions game like was like the best game all week. <laughs> that was a great game to watch. 48-45. Yeah, I mean, some people said it might even be a bore. Really? But, I mean, yeah, how, how wrong could that be? I, seriously. Yeah. Both offenses this year I, have definitely surprised most people. For sure. I mean, I knew th- I always I was a Lions fan, not fan, but I was a Lions high on the Lions since the beginning of the year. But I, I definitely could not have anticipated uh, them being first in total offense, like yards and points. I mean, they've definitely been a really fun watch so far. Yeah, absolutely insane. And over 500 yards total for each team in this game. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. No defense. Yeah, but those are the games that are fun to watch as a fan. Lots of offense. Yeah, that's that's what sells tickets. For sure. Offense sells tickets. Defense wins championships, as they say. And Lions first in offense and last in defense so far. And an interesting stat I saw was the, the only team in NFL history to, or at least the last team in NFL history, to uh, be first in total offense and last in total defense was the 2000 Los Angeles Rams. And they made it to the Super Bowl and lost. But I think that's pretty interesting. It kind of goes to show you, especially in the modern day, how uh, important offense is, is compared to defense. Because imagine a team that's just blasting offense, like the worst offensive team you could think of, and their defense is incredible. Like, could you could you see that team going to the Super Bowl? I cannot. Absolutely not. I mean, if it if an offense isn't elite. I have trouble thinking of them as contenders. Yeah. Like, let alone just, like, even, like, him haw with a great defense. But if they are the worst offense with the best defense, you're thinking, like, they're they're probably got a losing record nowadays. Yeah, oh, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised at all about that. In the way offenses run nowadays. Like, who's the worst offense in the league this year? Oh, gosh. Uh, there's some stinkers out there. Bears. Have done bad. Tampa has had been really bad, but they had a, a pretty decent week last week. The last time I had read the points per game was Denver. Denver. So I don't know if they're a great example. Yeah, for they, that. they got twenty three against the Ravens. Let's say the Raiders rather. Like you had like a, an offense like Chicago. Yeah. Oh, just abysmal. Let's say they say they're the worst. Yeah. But they had the best defense. Like the Bills defense. It, like you couldn't something. see them making the Super Bowl. No. Not, not even close. Definitely not. And I don't know, I, I, the Lions, I don't know how long they keep this up, but <laughs> if they do, I, I think that's a good sign. And uh, 
they can just clean it up a little bit on defense, they could definitely be a contender. I mean, I definitely was laughed at at the beginning of the year for even suggesting the Lions could be a contender. But I don't know. I'm definitely uh, encouraged by the early signs. Quite absolutely, you should be. I mean, a, quite a muddled NFC this year. And looks like they're certainly going to have a chance at the end of it if they can keep up this kind of offensive output. Yeah, I think so as well. And uh, now let's get into this Buffalo Bills game that we saw. It was it was a crazy one. Uh, a tale of two halves, to be sure. It looked all Baltimore early in this one. I mean, really all over them in the first half. Off to a big lead, and it looked like they were going to pull away. But, of course, the, the Bills come and show you why they're supposed to be one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, and that, that resiliency is something that every good team, every championship team needs to have to be able to make those adjustments during halftime it just speaks to how good the uh the coaching has been and just the kind of poise that this team has a lot of people had also talked about going into this game two possible mvp candidates and lamar and allen wasn't really that kind of day no only 144 yards for lamar and 213 for allen definitely nothing mind-blowing for them both doing very well on the ground though in terms of rushing, but yeah, definitely not the kind of MVP game you're expecting. In the the weather certainly played a part in that, but still, absolutely an entertaining game to watch. Yeah, definitely. And both of those guys, like if you're the opposing defense, like watching the watching the uh, Lamar Jackson run around, it's just like your heart is beating, like because you, you know it's just anything could happen when he's on the field doing his thing. And same with. Josh Allen for the Ravens defense just feels like even though he might be in a slump right now just one play could just change the entire game over 70 yards rushing for each one that's that's amazing yeah really incredible it's probably more than the running backs had yes it was yeah Devin Singletary leading rusher uh, or leading running back with 49 49. and then 45 and 41 each for Justice Hill and J.K. Dobbins that's amazing so I mean to combine the Ravens rushers had more than Jackson but not so for the Bills yeah, I, I'm definitely impressed with the Bills' uh, win, and, and a very encouraging uh, stat as well. Their first um, one-possession win in like a season and a half. Yes, it was. I was I was actually really surprised to see that because no, it kind of makes sense to me because they always seem to be blowing teams out. Yeah, they are. But a lot of people tried to read a lot into that kind of narrative that they can't finish off close games. But I mean, I think football is just such a game of luck and balances. Like that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they were five and one back in twenty twenty. So I think it's just gonna come back to the median, and maybe they're more like fifty fifty or seventy five twenty in this year in terms of it. Who yeah, knows? it's just it comes down to the circumstance, just how the game shakes out sometimes. It's beyond your control. Yeah, I mean, the majority of football games are one score games. Yeah, for sure, especially in the playoffs. And. The odds makers do say teams that are really high on one end, either direction, have a, the highest chance to regress to the mean, whether it's they won a lot of one-score games, you might predict them to have a worse record the next season, or they lost one of one-score games, and you predict them to have more wins the next season. Yeah, that same, like, it's kind of like what the Lions is. They can never seem to, to uh, finish those those games, and uh, I don't know, I feel like they're they're taking the next step. But uh, also the biggest comeback of Josh Allen's career uh, last week over the Ravens. So interesting to see that as well. Yes. Good milestone for him. 
and uh, a really good milestone for Aaron Rodgers last week as he hit 500 total touchdowns for his career, um, becoming only the fifth player in NFL history to throw 500 behind Tom Brady, Jerry Brees, Peyton Manning, and Brett Favre. So nice little stat for him. Uh, now the question becomes, will he reach 500 uh, regular season touchdowns before 100 uh, interceptions? And I believe it's the lot, the odds are low on that. He's got like 453 uh, touchdowns and like 95 interceptions. So I don't know. that It's going to be difficult. I really wanted him to do it. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. But at least he got to 500 total. And uh, Green Bay Packers, offense looking a lot better. Um, week one was obviously a dumpster fire. But I think they're kind of looking like they did last year. You can't really... It doesn't really look too much worse than it did last year at this point in the year. Although I, I think I've got some words to say about this game. I mean, we were both talking last week about how the Packers were going to shellac the Patriots, and they should have. They should have, yeah. Bailey Zappi and Brian Horner in at quarterback, that should not have come close to overtime no. when you've got Aaron Rodgers on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> how they let them stick around in that game, I mean, true testament to Bill Belichick and his coaching in that game, really. Yeah, for hey. sure. And the Packers let them hang around way longer than they should have. They had chances where they could have really taken that game into hand, and they just didn't. They end up with the win in the end, but it should have been a lot more decisive. Yeah, and I feel like that's, I don't know, that's the thing with this team. They they really do. like They're not like Buffalo. Um, you know, will they, they'll just take a team and just shove them to the ground and just end the game. They just, for, for whatever reason, they just let teams hang around. And it comes back to bite them a lot of the time. Um, it's just it's it's one of the scary things with the team. Like I love this this year's team. I love the last couple of years' teams, but there's just been some things that they just still have not fixed. Like from three years in a row, and that's kind of like rebounding from crucial points in the game, like the the Aaron Jones fumble, or you know a, a huge drop. They just can't seem to get that out of their system. Like anything that might throw them off their game plan. In any way, it just seems impossible for them to regain their poise. And total opposite to, like, Buffalo, for instance, this week. So I do like their team. I like what they have. But they definitely have to clean up their act if they want to be contenders this year. You can't be letting the Patriots hang around like that. Absolutely. I mean, it's getting into the discussion now where does Minnesota have a chance at the division? Oh, they definitely do, in my opinion. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they just up and out beat them in week one nothing you can say about that no no ref bad call can change that they destroyed them and uh, Minnesota they kind of in the same boat a little bit because they've been really inconsistent the last couple years one week they can look like the one of the best teams in the league and the next it's like you know why why is Kirk Cousins still our quarterback type of thing but if it just the, the north has been pretty weak the last decade besides the Packers so it, it kind of feels like most people are just discarding um, the Vikings but I, I definitely wouldn't be so quick to do that and one more thing I'd like to talk about this week because I'd like to get your opinion Rob on some kicking decisions I mean seem to have a, a lot of people talking after the Bills game about John Harborough's decision to go for the touchdown instead of a chip shot field goal from Justin Tucker where they could have taken the lead. Personally, I agreed with the decision for Harbaugh to try for a touchdown. I mean, you've got Lamar Jackson on your team. Let him make a play. Yeah. Go for the touchdown. 
And even what he had said in his post-game press conference, too, is even if you miss that, your other team is starting on their own two-yard line. And the math seems good there. And say you do score your touchdown, the best Buffalo can do is tie the game, barring they go for two at the end. But still, you now have to drive all the way down there and score. Right. Based on if you just got three and the Bills go and score a touchdown... They yeah, could, they could run. They could have run the clock out, and scored a touchdown, and ended the game there as well. It, it seemed like the best option to me. What's your opinion on it? So, this is like something that it's one of those things that you're always going to get criticized for if it doesn't work out. But if it does, you're going to be the hero of the day, no matter what. I mean, absolutely. So, if that would have gone their way, he probably wouldn't get credit for it all night. Yeah, it didn't. Like, oh, what was it? That was an awesome decision. Like, we got the touchdown on the two yard line. Like, but. I don't know. I, I am a little bit more of the mind that you take the points because you just never know what could happen. But it all depends on like the specific scenario. You can't just clump it all into one thing. It depends on how good has your offense been playing up to this point you know, and how good has their offense been playing. And where are you in the field? How much time is left? Do you have timeouts? All these things factor into it. So, I mean, at that point in the game, I mean, when, when, when was that? Was that like fourth quarter? Yes, there were four minutes left. Okay, four minutes left. Uh, Yeah, see, I probably would have taken the points there as well. But um, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, again, just one of those things that the coaches have. They probably have that going through their mind. Like, what are the repercussions of this? And the worst scenario possible actually played out for them. Back to my point about it, the Bills would have started on the two-yard line, but Jordan Boyer intercepted the pass. Yeah, yeah. So it really was the worst-case scenario for Baltimore where they didn't get any points now, and now you give the Bills better starting field position. Yeah. Like, when it's a chip shot like that, it's that those are the most tempting to go for. Like, when you're on inside the five or, like, an inch away, it's like, we're so close. Like, we marched down the field. We got this close. It can be so tempting. Like, But then again, you had three tries to get a touchdown. What makes you think that you can get it this fourth time? Like, so in a situation like that, I would definitely have kicked the field goal. Uh, but th- maybe that's just me. I think it's just you take the points and you live to see what your defense can do. Yeah, definitely strategy. And there was also another one I'd like to talk about. I'm not sure if you saw this one from the Tennessee and Indianapolis game. So here's the scenario: Indianapolis is down seven points, and with two minutes left. At the Tennessee 33-yard line, it was 4th and 21. And Frank Reich opted to kick a field goal, a 51-yarder with Chase McLaughlin. If they would have made this field goal, they're now down by 4. Do you agree with this decision? <laughs> There's no right decision. I mean, 4th and 21 is, I mean, that's a prayer. That's just throw it up and pray. So, I, I if it was... <sighs> Even if it was like fourth and ten or fourth and twelve, something like that, I don't know. But then again, you'd have to score twice no matter what in this in this scenario. Like, or you have to score twice if you kick this field goal. Like, it just doesn't make much sense. But in the scenario they're in, there's really no right call. Fourth and twenty-one, that's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Like they know what you're gonna do. You can't run the ball. You're gonna you're not gonna throw a slant down the middle. It's fourth and twenty-one. I mean, that's pretty much unachievable so i don't know i'm i'm of the opinion they should have gone for it either way it just seemed like such a weird spot i mean now you have to go score twice versus scoring once to tie the game yeah 
that I'm, it, I'm, it's it's a weird scenario it for is. sure. I mean, of course, set up by Matt Ryan being sacked for eight yards on the previous play. Yeah, that, that's an excuse, but you can't you can't let that happen if you're Matt Ryan. For sure, like would have been set up for a much shorter field goal, or at the very least, or a much better chance. Yeah, I mean that's just. I mean, these are the things that get coaches in trouble the most often. Like, whenever we're talking about how bad a coach did, it's either one of two things. Time management or or, or those field goal decisions that are just so hard to make sometimes. Absolutely. But those are things that the coaches... They need to, they need to get a handle on them. I feel like they need to... They should, should, they should be better at it by now. I feel like the analytics should really dictate that. But And also, like, analytics are... They don't account for the human element in the game. So, I, I don't know. I guess it's something that will never be perfected. Yeah, and absolutely, that's a point to it. But, and, you know, I think we both have different opinions on it at different times. For sure. And, uh, yeah, the Colts in that scenario, I don't know. They just Their offense hasn't been great. So, would they have gotten it? That's probably a low chance. Mm-hmm. But like you said, they need to score a touchdown either way. So, if you kick a field goal, you still need to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like, another field goal wouldn't tie it either. Their offense was a bit better this week. I mean, Matt Ryan did have 356 yards, 27 for 37, which was much better completion percentage and yards for him. He did throw another pick. What was interesting was their rushing offense. In Non-existent. Yeah. 22, for 23 rushes for 38 yards. I mean, that is just dastardly for a team that is supposedly has such a great rushing offense with Jonathan Taylor. 2.1 average for Taylor that game. Yeah, they... That was very bad. I mean, and what do you do with a team like Indianapolis after this? Oh, they're they're probably the the, the most puzzling team in the league up to this point for me. I just I, I don't trust them to win a game, yet I see their potential could be so high and like because I was so high on them when they got Matt Ryan. I just thought it was perfect. Yeah, I mean, and you'd help talk me into it too. I mean, I've always liked the Colts the last several years, but. I liked Matt Ryan a lot going into there with what the Colts had. But he had very puzzling start so far. Yeah, I mean, it's just been just weird. They just got pummeled by Jacksonville. They barely, I mean, they, they're they barely hanging with, te- with Houston. They end up tying. They just somehow weirdly beat the Chiefs. And, and now they put up this just confounding game against the Titans. I mean, they're just, they definitely are like the team that's just impossible to figure out for me. I just don't know what to think of them. Yeah, and hopefully time will tell. Yes, and they got they got the Thursday night game against Denver this week. So, I mean, these are two teams that I really I have no idea what to do with. So, it's going to be a difficult pick. Um, so but get... speaking of that, uh, what, what are we what are we thinking for for the Colts and Broncos for our, our week five picks? So I'm going to go with the Colts for this one. Yeah, I, in the same breath as I say they're so unpredictable, I will predict them to be, beat the Broncos in this game as well. Yeah, I, I did like seeing Matt Spark from Matt Ryan a little bit more with the passing game. So, and I've not liked what I've seen from Denver at all. Yeah, still boring. <laughs> yeah, so. But like the Colts, yeah, you're right. They kind of, it's like, oh, we have some life in us now. And I like their chances to beat Denver this week. Yeah, so do I. I think the defense, this should be a defensive battle. Like, would not be surprised at all if neither team breaks double digits in this game. Yes. But, yeah, I do think the Colts come out on top. 
And then we got the 930 game between the Giants and the Packers. Who do you have winning this game? I have the Green Bay Packers. As do I. And I don't believe it's going to be close. Uh, I mean, Giants, not sure who is going to play quarterback at the time of this recording. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, though. And as I said last week, I believe that Aaron Rodgers should be able to throw it all around the field. Yet again, I mean, even with Daniel Jones in, the Giants offense hasn't really been able to keep up. And it's all been Zygmunt Barkley in the run game. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to be enough versus Green Bay. No, the Green Bay's got solid defense all around. and uh, But for me, it's just the offense. Uh, it, will they show or will they not? I feel like I, I talked about it a hundred times. I'll continue to talk about it as long as it remains a problem. Just these types of games that just odd time windows, odd locations seem to throw them off a little bit. So I would not be surprised if the Giants come out probably early first quarter and maybe take a lead on them. But... I mean, that's kind of your every team's uh, recipe for success against a good team is early in the game. They, they have to get something. Like, we got to get a turnover. we got to score on our first possessions, and then we have a shot to beat, you know, said good team. So if the Giants can do that, I think they have a shot. But that being said, I do have the Packers winning this. And then we have a real barn burner here, the, the Steelers versus the Bills. And I do have the Bills winning this game quite decisively. As do I. I mean, huge line. That I did hear that what, that 14 points was the biggest line against the Steelers, I believe, in the Super Bowl era, possibly. Really? Wow. It was a very long time. Yeah, Steelers never face odds this huge. Yeah, especially with Mike Tomlin there. I mean, I was surprised because they had a couple weeks where Ben was hurt and then Mason Rudolph was in. I think those lines are probably big against them that year. But, I mean, who's going to even be quarterback? Do we even know? Is it going to be Mitch? Is it going to be Kenny? They even named Kenny Pickett the starter for this week. Okay. <laughs> I think that's for the best, as we discussed a little bit last week. Yes. At this point, they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, so I think it's just best for him to get experience with you know his franchise. But, yeah, Buffalo should dominate. They should roll them. <laughs> yeah. And will they cover? We will see. 14. I, I would pick him to cover on this. I really would. Yeah, I kind of do like that because, I mean, we talked about Buffalo. So many double-digit wins. Yeah. I mean, they did break their streak last week, but it was crazy double-digit wins in a row. Yeah, if you if you want going to bet on, which I never really like to do, bet on a double-digit winner. If you're going to do it for any team, Buffalo is a safe bet as any. Oh, for sure. And uh, now we got the Chargers and Browns. Chargers underwhelming and Quite frankly, I think the Browns are a bit underwhelming so far. Um, oh, oh. Can I say about the Browns? Weird. Maybe they're like exceeding expectations, but also not at the same time. Like I'm not quite sure what to do with that. I mean, with their crazy loss to the Jets and their loss to Atlanta last week. Yeah. But then also pulling off like and looking decent in a couple wins. Right. They like they they beat the Steelers. Looked great in that game. They beat the Panthers in the opener. And their offense has looked fine. Like, I haven't had a problem with their offense at all. It's just they kind of, like the Falcons game, they just kind of let that game slip away just weirdly. And the Jeffs game was just a, a one-in-a-million shot collapse. But I still I would be uh, optimistic if I was the Browns, but their schedule gets a lot harder from here on out. They face kind of four easier teams. It gets a lot harder starting with this game. Well, that being said, I picked the Browns in this one. You did? Okay. I did. So the bruised Herbert is, is kind of swaying you? 
Yeah, I've been gun shy on the Chargers the last couple of weeks since that Herbert injury, losing Slater. I mean, they let Houston stick around in that one. And yeah, that's keep true. it kind of close. That's and I mean, coming off and a loss at Jacksonville the week before, where they just got dominated. I kind of like the Browns coming off that loss at Atlanta. Maybe have a little bit of fire in there. Yeah. Belly's here and get one over the Chargers. Get one with Brownie the Elf. But uh, I do have the Chargers winning this game. I just think they're the better team overall. Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, I still trust him a lot, even with those bruised ribs. But I think they're going to... It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a really fun game to watch. But I think the Chargers just have too much firepower for the Browns' defense right now, which has been kind of choking the last couple of games. And then we have the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings, uh, NFC North battle. I have the Vikings taking this game. So do I. And the Bears' offense just looks as bad as I thought it would. Oh, absolutely. And the Vikings, as we discussed, are we're both relatively high on them, I think, compared to the public. Yes, I'd agree. So I think they should probably win that easily. And then we got the Lions, another NFC North team, facing the Patriots in this game. And surprisingly, I think the Patriots are favored in this one. Yes, they are, by three points. That's Bill Belichick respect right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't fathom that line, seeing the points that Detroit just put up against Seattle. I mean, in the entire season in general, too. Kind of like what you said, number one scoring offense. Yeah. Versus... A Patriots team who may be rolling out Bailey Zappi or Brian <laughs> Hoyer again. Do you really think they're going to be able to keep up with that? No. I. There's no way. I mean, the defense is going to do its best, but I don't see the Lions offense slowing down. I mean, they were able to put up 45 until their number one receiver. Or their number one running back. Or their number one well. running back. And they should have like at least one of them back for this week. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I'd love to say it. I think the Lions are going to steamroll them. Yes. And damn it, it better come true this time. Yeah. I mean, my, Patriots by three. And maybe we just don't know what we're talking about. But I think they're giving Bill Belichick a little bit too much respect here. Yep. Uh, then we have the Seahawks against the Saints uh, in a 1 o'clock matchup in New Orleans. Uh, I'm picking the Saints in this one. They looked a little bit better last week with Andy Dalton. I'm going to go a little off here and pick the Seahawks. Oh, okay. They, they also, I mean, 48 points, that's not bad at all. Geno Smith, highest completion percentage in the league. It's just weird. This is like a out of nowhere. And higher yards per attempt than a lot of the top guys, like Allen and Mahomes. Yeah. Like, I mean, who saw this coming? I mean, he's got pretty good weapons. Like, Metcalf, Lockett's still there doing their thing. I mean, yeah, I, I thought this was going to be a tank year for Seattle. I thought they were going to be maybe the worst team in the league. And they're definitely proving to be a tough win for, like, any team. For sure. And, I mean, even in New Orleans, they're uh, kind of a crazy comeback away from being 0-4. Yeah, seriously. Against the Falcons, who they choke everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely surprised. I guess Sean Payton really made a difference there because their team is still pretty talented. Although they got, they were, they had like a really bad cap situation, so they weren't able to keep as many guys as they would like. But, I don't know. I, I think if they lose this game, it's kind of like collapsed mode. And I, I just don't think the Saints are in that position yet. Yeah, I mean, if the Saints lose one, it's going to be hard for them yeah. to keep up with the NFC. It is. Which, I don't know, it's it's not the AFC, but 1-4 is hard to come back from. Absolutely. 
And then we got the Dolphins and the New York Jets in New York. Uh, so who are you picking for this game here? Tua Tagovailoa will be out for this one. Despite that fact, I still think the Miami Dolphins are going to take this one. Yeah. To be honest, I don't think it makes too much of a difference. Teddy Bridgewater is more than competent enough. Oh, for sure. I, I believe so, too. I think he's one of the best backups in the league right now. Yeah, pretty similar style to Tua. Very conservative, very safe with his throws. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Miami with with uh, Teddy Bridgewater in there, to yeah. be frank. I mean, certainly more than, like, the Jets. I mean, they've still got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. I mean, they should still go to town on Jets defense, who really has not been that good still. Yeah. Disappointing for having Robert Sala there. They really were hoping that he could have fixed their their issues, but it's it's going to be a long process for the Jets. Jets fans definitely are known for getting a little bit too excited. <laughs> but uh, then we got the Falcons and the Buccaneers. Um, I thought about picking the Falcons for a decent minute on this game, but interesting. Interesting, yeah, <laughs> seriously. But uh, I'm going to go with Tom Brady and the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So why? Yeah, Falcons are, are definitely more fun to watch this year, though. They're kind of like in the same boat as Seahawks. They've impressed me, but Cordell Patterson not being there is really going to affect them, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Atlanta's offense has been miles better than I thought it could be this year yeah. uh, under the helm of Marcus Mariota. And even with that receiving core, I didn't think they had much going there, but they've been able to put up points. I really like how they use Cordell Patterson. Like For a while, for his whole career, he was just kind of like this odd guy that you could never really find a complete role for like a special teamer but they really the last couple of years they really have seemed to incorporate him in like his optimal role and you can tell he really likes playing there yeah he's been a really nice piece there for them underrated player i think uh and then we got the tennessee titans and the washington commanders in washington i've got the tennessee in this one as do i though i don't i don't like to but i will anyway yeah <laughs> two teams that i just not too high on this year but uh, Tennessee, I guess you could say it was a pretty pretty good win against their division rivals uh, on the road last week. Yep, they got one done there. And their running game is still, you know, what it, what it once was with, with Derrick Henry. Um, I, I guess A.J. Brown's departure doesn't affect them too much just because it's how they play football. But, I mean, I still don't trust Carson Wentz at all to win a game for the Commanders. No. So until, until he can, until they get him out of there, I'm not really going to be considering them contenders in any way no whereas the titans i think they kind of still have it in them to be like kind of a spoiler team and possibly slip in if they win enough games against their division but mm. i tend to disagree about them being a spoiler team but i could see them making it in i mean with the division being as weak it is since indianapolis being who they are already stealing one against them i mean i, I could see them sneaking in i could see them like i don't know like they do well in like those bad weather games, like in the winter, in the playoff time. It's cold. It depends on where they're playing, but I could see them like just ruining a team's playoff hopes and maybe maybe just taking a bow after that. But I don't know. That's kind of what the Titans are. They're, they're the the villains <laughs> here. Uh, then we got uh, speaking of uh, AFC South, we got the Texans versus the Jaguars in the one o'clock window. Who do you have for this game? I have Jacksonville taking this one. I do as well. They've really impressed me so far. And you know what that means. It's Clown Town pick. Clown Both Town going with the Jaguars. First time this season. Yes, first time of the Bring year. The horn. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They want to get rid of that uh, mantra, Clown Town. 
and maybe maybe the Texans will will take up uh, that name up as they're o three and one the only team that hasn't won a winning has the only team that hasn't won a game this year. Yeah, and Jacksonville maybe been a little surprising. Yeah. So I think they'll be able to take this one. Definitely, and they really benefited from uh, no toxic coach, no toxic culture there anymore. Just kind of cleaned house there, and uh, they definitely look fresh. Hundred percent. And now we got the San Francisco 49ers versus the Carolina Panthers. Speaking of teams that just look just dead, uh, the, the Baker-led Panthers just have no life to them. No. I mean, I certainly thought I would see a little more from them, a little more from McCaffrey, a little more from Breaker Mayfield, and you just haven't this year? They're just, like, lifeless to me. When they're out there, it's just like there's nothing to watch. Is there a more boring team to watch right now than the Carolina Panthers? That's tough. I, I don't think there is. I hate to say it. Yeah, I don't know if there's a team that yeah. I want to watch yeah. less than them. Maybe the Bears. Yeah, that doesn't matter. The one with maybe the Bears. Yeah, even though like the same level to me. The Texans have like a little bit of like pop to them, especially with Pierce. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's and it, like I, it seems surprising to say that with Christian McCaffrey and the caliber of running back he is, but they just really just are not. They're not it this year. San Francisco actually surprised me quite a bit on Monday night. I liked the Rams a lot going into that game, but San Francisco really impressed me. They had control of that throughout the whole game. And I assume we both have them winning this game. Yes. yes. Jimmy G is just kind of that clutch game manager that fits off offense so well. Yeah, he certainly does. And then we got a 425 window between the Dallas Cowboys versus the Los Angeles Rams. And Cooper Rush still leading the way, I think, at least for now. But uh, who do you got winning this game? This record I'm looking at here is kind of pissing me off. Then I see the Rams with a worse record than Dallas. For whatever reason, that, that makes me upset. But I, I'll still take the Rams in this one. Yeah, I, I thought about Dallas for a while. They definitely have exceeded my expectations with Cooper Rush. But uh, I, I do think the Rams will take care of business here in their home turf. Yes. So, legend of Cooper Rush. No, yeah. you're a Cooper Rush guy. I definitely am. I mean, with a last name like Rush, I mean, how can you go wrong? <laughs> he's he's definitely going to find a, a job next year. Yeah, he certainly will. There's a lot of teams. Quarterbacks will never, uh, th- that market is never going to dry up. Like, there's always going to be a team out there needing a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So if you if you show flashes. People will take a chance on you. Yeah, you'll get the job. Uh, and then we got Philadelphia Eagles versus Arizona Cardinals. Um Eagles are really hot right now. Only undefeated team. And going into Arizona, I do like them to win this game. So I'm going to go against it. I'm going to pick the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, okay. The curse in the Manning cast will continue. Jalen Hurts on Manning cast on Monday night. The curse in the Manning cast? Have you not heard of the curse of the Manning cast? I have not. What is this curse you speak of? So last season, several weeks in a row, the players who were guests on the Manning cast lost the following week. Oh, okay. I think I did hear that. Wait, he was on there? Yes, he was. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to remember a few of them. I know Tom Brady was one of them, and there were a couple others, and Josh Allen came on, and they were playing the Jags that week, and it's like, oh, there's no way the Manning curse continues. Yeah, yeah it did. It did. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I could see it happening. I could see the Cardinals winning this game. I mean, they, they're definitely an underrated team. Right, but but for, for being real... Maybe a little bit out of left field, but I think that that's time for the Eagles to get uh, put down a notch. Brought back down to earth, if you will. Yes. Yeah. They're flying high, but it's time for them to land. 
Uh, yeah, it should be a good game, though. Two very mobile quarterbacks. Yes. Some good weapons. Uh, and then we got the Bengals and Ravens in a fierce Sunday night game. Uh, this is probably the toughest one for me to decide on, but eventually I do think uh, Lamar Jackson will be able to beat the Bengals in this game at home. And I concur. Yeah, I mean, rarely, rarely do you see that cut type of, of comeback against the Ravens. Actually, no. They, they've actually they've looked... They, they've been susceptible to comebacks so far. They let the Bills come back on them. They let the Dolphins come back. I don't know what's with that. They usually have like one of the best defenses in the league. but They've been allowing for the most yards so far. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know. I think the Bengals have kind of underwhelmed me so far, too. So, I think these teams both still have something to prove as far as their worth this year. Yeah, Hopefully a good and exciting Sunday night fight. But I think Baltimore will take this one. And... Maybe those last two weeks of being came back on gives them some more, gives it a little more juice for them. Really wanted more to take control of this season, take control of the narrative of their team. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a horrible thing when you're you feel like no lead is safe anymore when when your team allows a few of those comebacks. Yeah, and then we got the Monday night game uh, between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is uh, Raiders are. Kind of back up against the wall. Got their first win last week against the Broncos. And now going into KC. Who do you have winning this game? I have Kansas City winning this one. I do as well. I mean, flying extremely high after that Sunday night win over the Buccaneers. Looked like the offense couldn't be stopped. Yeah. As it has, like, for three out of the four games this year, to be honest. Yeah, Kansas City has looked good. They've yeah. looked just as good as they have in previous seasons. Extremely efficient is the word for Kansas City. Hey, rather than they were not as explosive as they have been, but they're definitely more efficient in my opinion. I like that word for them. Yes, very efficient, which has been completely kind of the the opposite of what you think of when you think of the Chiefs' offense the last couple of years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Raiders. I don't know what's with them. They got to pick it up for the sake of of their team and my fantasy team. Come on, Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so with that being said, we're going to give you, Scott's going to give you his best parlay of the week, and he hit on all of his last week. So week three, we finally got our first win in there, Jets, Raiders, and Cardinals. Pretty happy about that one. So now going into week four, my three outright wins, of course, I have the Lions, the Packers, and the Seahawks. Lions, underdogs, at plus three, as well as Seattle at plus five and a half. But Packers, big favorites at minus eight and a half, the biggest favorite I've picked so far. But I mean, I had a hard time trying to pick not a huge favorite in this one. Yeah. So that is my picks for this week Lions, Packers, and Seahawks. All right. I think those are strong picks. And some like surprising underdogs. We got some surprising underdogs, I feel like, in every every week this year. Teams that you kind of think are a no brainer. Like, oh, Lions are going to be favorite against the Patriots, right? Yeah. But they're not. So I could see this being a three for three again. I, to be quite honest, I liked all of your parlays up to this point. <laughs> but uh, betting world in the NFL is a crazy one. And uh, it should be an awesome week this week. And I hope you guys have a great one. We look forward to seeing you next week on the other side. We thank you so much for your support and for listening to the podcast. And this is Mark My Words with Rob. Thanks, Scott. And we are tuning in.